what's up everybody um this is the podcast here um pretty much i mean what can you say i mean it's been a while haven't really haven't really been on it i mean been kind of busy doing a lot of other things but I can tell you for a fact that, you know, I can tell you for a fact that I am trying to, I will be getting, doing more of these podcasts, it's just, I mean, a lot of the fights are so sporadic, I mean, a lot of the fights are, I mean, Bellator just had a fight Thursday, um, I'm going to, I watched it, I'm going to rewatch it and break that down, probably primarily around, you know, probably primarily around Sunday, I know WWE has Survivor Series coming up, it's celebrating 30 years of The Undertaker, um, I'm definitely going to do a breakdown of that, and talk about The Undertaker, and why he is, and has always, and will be my favorite wrestler, will always be, till the end of time, and how he's really influenced my life and everything, so, um, but right now, this is a breakdown of UFC 255, um, the first fight on the card, on the main card, is Shogun, uh, um, I guess the last fight he had with this guy was a draw, um, a good fight, I mean, from what I saw the highlights of, it ended in a draw, I think the thing is, is just, it's kind of just this aspect where you know guys don't realize to be at this level now personally i do think shogun is done i don't think he can i think right now he's just sorry about this um sorry about that uh but uh i do think he's writing he's just kind of writing the line at this point until you know until he till it finally snaps you know that's the reality of it but um but uh, honestly, what keeps him in it, and as what's keeping a lot of these older fighters in it, is these younger guys who think that all they have to do is be bigger, stronger, faster, hit harder, or be tougher. And that's kind of a fault, you know, of this, of a lot of these newer generation of fighters that are coming up, is they don't understand that. But um, uh, if anything, I mean there's a good chance the young guy will win and Shogun will end up lose will lose but I don't know you know we'll see we'll see pretty that that's all I could really say about that but um Cynthia Galvalo versus Caitlin Kohigian Kohigian I still can't pronounce her fucking last name but the thing with this looking at the betting odds and just listening to people talk People actually think Cynthia Galvalo has her chance. You know, a lot of people think Cynthia Galvalo has a chance. When I first saw Cynthia Galvalo, I was not really impressed with her. Um, you know, yes, yeah, she's good, but she's not great. Um, she, you know, the way she fights is is very sloppy. Um she she's able to do the things she does is by outworking her opponent. She doesn't beat them with clean technique 
or, you know, any sort of skill. She's just very, you know, she just outworks opponents. You know, she's very good at that. You know, she's good at being the better athlete, you know. And it just and what that means is being bigger, stronger, faster. You know, it's being bigger, stronger, faster. You know, she outworks her opponents. And so, that's kind of the gist of it. Kaylin Kohigian, I, I mean, I mean, what can you say? Her losses were, her two, her last two losses were to top competition. You know, her, her last two losses were to top competition. It was to the, to the best of the division. You know, you know, um... It was the per champ fighting tonight, Valentina Shevchenko. And, you know, her other opponent was um, Jessica Andrade, who pretty much a former world champion has fought the best in, you know, in the straw weights. And when she came up to to flyweight, I mean, pretty much it was that was that was the gist. So, I mean, it's not like she's lost to you know low competition she's fought she's fought two of the best her she's fought two of the best she's fought good competition i mean i mean she's fought a, a good array of competition and her last two fights were against two of the best so there's nothing so uh, it's kind of weird that Cynthia Govalo can that people consider Cynthia Govalo is going to win the fight um given the fact that Cynthia Govalo I mean her last fight against Jessica I it was just stylistically it just worked for Jessica I Jessica I is not really a fighter known for having technique she's known for winning her fights on attrition the same way Cynthia Govalo is known for winning her fights on attrition and things like that and so if anything if anything the only way for Cynthia Gavallo to win this fight is to get on the inside drag her to the ground and use that top game she has a great top she has a good top game I'll give her that not a great top game but a good top game her takedowns aren't that good but she if but she's able to get the fight to the ground you know if she's able to get the fight to the ground and stay on top and pretty much just outwork Caitlin you know and just out Work Caitlin, then obviously, then then obviously, you know it'll work. You know then yeah, but I don't see that happening. You know Caitlin has great footwork. She's got great movement. She does have a good ground game. Um, her you know her like I said, she's great footwork, great movement. Um, she's got way better striking than Jessica I. She's very long. She fights at that long range. And she could keep Gavallo at that distance. You know, Gavallo is going to have to find a way to cover the distance. And Gavallo doesn't do well covering the distance. You know, like I said, you know, Gavallo wins her fights, you know, on attrition. She doesn't win her fights on skill, you know. And that's kind of just the... Um, the gist of it if she can goad Caitlin Cohagan in a fight that's a war of attrition you know who can you know outwork who then yes but that's easier said than done I mean Caitlin's good at you know keeping the distance using her strikes um she's she's good at moving in and out she's got a good sense of distance and a good sense of footwork um like I said it's just 
like I said, you look at the track record. I mean, you look at her track record, I mean, and you look at Galvalo's track record. Galvalo just doesn't do well when she's fighting. She Galvalo doesn't do well in fights where it's about being smarter, you know, or being better. You know, when she's fighting opponents that are smarter, that fight her smarter, she has issues. You know, when she fights opponents that are willing to, you know, go back and forth with her in the work department, then yeah. Yes, you know, she could outwork the best of them, but when you're fighting the, as you're getting up in the ranks and you're fighting up the elites, it changes. And Caitlin Cohagan, by in my opinion, is the top, is one of the top fighters in, in flyweight. She, you know, like I said, her two losses, you know, her two losses were two of the top best in the women's divisions, you know, so it, it's just, it makes, so yeah, I don't see Galvalo winning this unless Galvalo is able to somehow get the takedown and just outwork her and just wear her down, make it, make it pretty much just a, a, a battle of attrition. If she can make it a battle of attrition, she wins, but I don't see that. Um, this fight, honestly not as close as everybody thinks of it i mean like i said um caitlin's got better striking better footwork i don't i see this caitlin cohagan winning by decision i just don't see it i mean i know people like cynthia govalo but people seem to forget like i said she won her fights on attrition she didn't win her fights on being technical and even in her fight with jessica i it was just it was attrition she outworked her nothing more nothing less caitlin she's got the cardio she can keep the pace she's got footwork she's got great striking she's long she can keep the distance and you know and and you know govalo doesn't have great footwork she doesn't cover distance well um like I said, she's got a good top game, but it's not that great. And, you know, even then, you know, getting into the ground, she's not that good at getting into the ground. I mean, she's got like a good little hip toss, but even then it's just, you know, but even then, I mean, like I said, it's not perfect. It's just, like I said, she just does it by just con by, by working harder at it, not and not adjusting or improving at it, which is different. So, so yeah, I I think Kaylin's gonna win that fight. Um, Tim Means versus Mike Perry. I mean, <laughs> a lot of the the reason why you I can see Mike Perry winning this fight is due to the fact that Tim Means took this fight on last minute notice, which was the only reason I could see him having any sort of advantage in this fight. Um, Tim Means, I think, is the better fighter. I think he's the better fighter technically. I think he's got a good clinch game and got nasty knees, nasty elbows. He's a good fighter, very well experienced. Um, very under, you know, he's one of those guys that people seem to forget about. You know, he's not talked about much, but he's better than what people think is. He's pretty good. Not as not super great, but he's pretty good. Um, Mike Perry is just, he's a brawler. He's a brawler. I mean, he's shown in small improvements in the past. You know, when he fought the likes of Paul Felder and uh, Mickey Gall. But once again, the reason why he showed those improvements was because he was fighting guys that stylistically matched up well. You know, Paul Felder is a guy who likes to, you know, stand... 
you know, is a guy who likes to, you know, stand and, you know, fight in that close range and, and bang it out. He's not a guy that really, you know, he's not he's not really a guy that keeps distance and picks you apart. He's a guy who likes to get in there and beat you up. Uh, Mickey Gall, same thing. A guy just doesn't really, not a really technical guy. The guy just likes to make it a rough and tumble, and there it is. Um... Mike Perry, if any, you know, Mike Perry, this is another fight where stylistically, you know, Mike Perry has an advantage because Tim Beans is a guy who's, you know, he likes to fight very rough and tumble-esque, but problem is, you know, but, but problem is Tim means is more technical than those two guys, you know, um, he's got, he's very good in the clinch. He's, you know, he's good at closing that distance, you, you know, unlike, unlike, you know, uh, Mike Perry's last two opponents, his last opponents, um, you know, the thing with this, but the thing, you know, in all fairness, usually when the guy comes in last minute, you, you know, you know, when the guy comes in last minute, you know, you want to give, you know, you usually give it to the guy who's already prepared, the guy who's already in shape, the guy coming, the guy coming in last minute, you don't usually give him a shot, you know, you, you don't really give him a shot in hell, you know, so kind of sucks to suck at that point, um, but after hearing about the weigh-ins and finding out that Mike Perry missed weight, you know, I mean, by four pounds, not only is that ridiculous, you know, as ridiculous, but now it's kind of like, you know, now I'm more sure than ever that there's a good chance Tim Means will win. Reason why is Tim Means, you know, he's got great cardio. He's got, he's endurance. He can go the distance. And, you know, when you hear of a fighter missing weight, how, you know, hear a fighter missing weight, it makes you wonder, you know, what were they doing in the offseason? You know, what were they doing during when they weren't prepared for a fight? And Mike Perry missing weight by four pounds. I mean, that says a lot. That says a lot about his mentality. That says a lot about, you know, his physicality, how he's going to come in. He's not going to come in the best of shape. He's not going to come in 100%. His cardio is going to be compromised. You know, when a guy has a rough weight cut or a guy misses weight, there is a good chance that he is going to be compromised coming in due to his due to his cardio and his endurance. And that's, you know, due to his cardio and endurance. And that's something that you're going to know. That's something very, very noticeable. Um, that's something that I can definitely see noticing in the in the long run. You know, Tim Means, I think, is going to take it to Mike Perry. He's going to get take it, take it the distance. You know, he's going to take Mike Perry to the distance. And pretty much Mike Perry is just going to get beat up from there. The cardio is going to set in. You know, um, I think Mike Perry will look good in the first round. You know, but as the fight gets into the second and third... You know, maybe even later on in the first, you're going to see Tim Means take over. I mean, he's got the better, he's better conditioned. Mike Perry missed weight, you know, and when someone missed weight, there's no doubt their cardio, their endurance is going to be compromised, you know, most definitely, as well as, you know, their mental state. That's another thing, you know, so there's no doubt, you know, um, Tim Means is going to, I think, I think no doubt Tim Means has an edge and I think he'll win. Um, the co-main event.
and the main event, or just the co-main event, Valentina Shevchenko versus Jennifer Maya. I mean, Valentina Shevchenko is by far one of the greatest combat athletes out there. And that just goes for both the men and the women. You know, Henry Cejudo, I know every I know Henry Cejudo loves to talk shit about how he's the greatest combat athlete in the world and blah 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 blah. Henry Cejudo's <laughs> Henry Cejudo is nowhere near that title. He wishes he was at that title, but he's nowhere near that title. It, it's cute though that he says that. Um, if anybody deserves that title, it has to be the likes of people like Holly Holm and you know Valentin Shevchenko. Um, Israeli Adesanya is another one. I mean, uh, there's a lot of fighters out there who have fought in multiple disciplines, won titles in multiple disciplines, have higher way higher track record i mean you know henry cejudo i mean pfft, he hasn't really done anything to really deserve that title and it's cute i mean it's really cute he hasn't done anything to deserve that title and it's cute but anything that that's a whole different subject in a nutshell that that's a whole different conversation um an all-in-all, Valentina Shevchenko is sharper. She's got better footwork. Her ground game is very good. Very underrated ground game. Um, like I said, her striking is crisp. She makes adjustments as the fight goes on. I mean, she could finish you in the first round, as we saw with Jessica Andrade. She could finish you on the ground. Jennifer Maya is good. She's an Invicta champion. You know, she's a former champion from Invicta. But... <sighs> You know, when she got into the UFC, she was not doing so hot. She was not doing so, so well. She won one fight against Joanna Caldwood, you know, and I mean, Joanna Caldwood is just, like I said, this is, you know, against Joanna Caldwood, who, yes, she was the number one contender, but she was not, you know, stylistically. She just, it just matched up with Maya real well you know Caldwood just doesn't really <laughs> know you know Jennifer Caldwood doesn't doesn't really make the best decisions in the ring and you know of course this favored Maya um Maya I don't see where Maya has an opportunity you know if anything I mean she could have an opportunity, I mean, on the ground, you know, she's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, she's on the ground, I mean, she can definitely submit, you know, Valentina Shevchenko, she's, that's where most of her fights are won, is on the ground, but her striking is good, not great, Very, I mean, it's not even good, it's, she has all right striking, you know, good enough for a certain level, but that's about it. She doesn't have the best striking. Her ways of getting fights to the ground is not that good. I mean, you know, if her opponent takes it to the ground, then yes. But when she has to take the fight to the ground, it's a different story. I mean, so, you know, I don't see how she could win. Apparently, she's been studying Valentina Shevchenko left and right, going all the way back to her fights in Muay Thai. Well, I mean seeing it and actually you know watching it and then seeing it face to face are two separate things and you know Jennifer Maya I'm pretty sure is coming in confident and feeling she could shock the world but as Floyd Mayweather said it's different under those lights and I think that's what's going to get them. I think that's what's going to get Jennifer Maya most of all is she's going to think she knows what, hap what happens. 
but then she's just gonna, you know, and then she's, and then she's gonna hit, she's gonna get shell shocked, you know, that, that shock is gonna hit her hard, um, like I said, Valentina Shevchenko, I think, you know, she, she's good at keeping the fight from hitting the ground, I mean, she's good at keeping the fight from going to the ground. She's good at taking the fight to the ground. Like I said, she has a very underrated ground game. People forget she submitted. Um, she, you, people forget. I mean, Kaylin Cohagen was a black belt. And, you know, <laughs> you know, fucking, um, you know, Val Shevchenko beat her. Um she got taken down to the ground by Amanda Nunes and did really well. Even she's the only opponent that Amanda Nunes could not dominate in both their fights, actually. I mean, contrary to proper belief, you know, in both their fights, actually. You know, she's the only one to really give a challenge to the champ. Um, you know, uh, who who is it? Uh, God dang it. Um... You know, Juliana Pena, you know, Juliana Pena was a black belt under a, was a black belt in jiu-jitsu under a guy who's a, all, who's a Hicks and Gracie black belt. She's a black belt under a Hicks and Gracie black belt. And if anybody knows who Hicks and Gracie is, Hicks and Gracie does not give his black belts out to anyone. He doesn't give them out for free like most jiu-jitsu gyms nowadays do. Um, you know, you got to earn your black belt. And she got her black belt under a Hicks and Gracie black belt so that's you know that that says something you know so and pretty much beat her on the ground so it is just it's one of those things where you know my I, I think I admire Maya's belief you know I admire her confidence but I think just once the lights hit and she sees Shevchenko right in front of her she's gonna get shell-shocked and I think I think Shevchenko will finish her I, I see Shevchenko finishing Maya in the second round. You know, I see it going, I see it ending in the second, if anything. Um, I think she's going to chop Maya down. You know, Maya's only had one fight, like one fight over one good opponent. Her last two opponents before that, she got beat. Of course, Caitlin Cohagen, um, Liz Carmouche. She's, yeah, she, she hasn't been doing so hot. I don't think she's going to win this one. I think she's, you know, I think she's going to go down. But um, now by what? I don't know. But if anything, it's going to shock everyone. And it's going to be a dominant performance. Um, so the main event. <laughs> Davison Figueroa versus Alexander Perez. If I'm, I think that's his first name. Uh, or just Figueroa versus Perez. Um, Figueroa. The, the thing with Figueroa. The thing with Figueroa is light years ahead of everyone in the flyweight division. Physically, not technically. There's a difference within, between that. Um, a lot of people are saying that he's ahead, but being physically ahead and technically ahead are two separate things. Um, you know, reason why I say this is, you know, his second fight with Joseph Benavidez. Um, yeah, he kicked Joe Benavidez's ass. That There's no doubt about that. He kicked Joseph Benavidez's ass. But the reality is, 
there were things he didn't put Joseph Benavides away right away. Um, even there were flaws in his style that showed. Um, you know, the thing when a lot of people were praising him for that. But what I saw was something different. What I saw was a Figueroa who started to slow down, who started to become more sloppy. He started to load up on his shots more than more, more and more. He wasn't setting things up. He was just loading up and firing. He wasn't, you know, his punches became more wider. You know, people seem to forget that, you know, like during that fight, when he hit Joseph Benavides with the uppercut, it was not a very clean technical uppercut. It was a very sloppy uppercut, you know, he just loaded it up and fired and just fired and that was pretty much it, you know, all of his strikes, you know, all of his strikes, you know, weren't technical, they weren't clean, you know, they, you know, they were loaded up you know they weren't clean you know they were loaded up and he just fired out of no you know he was just firing he wasn't setting up the shot you know you know and that's what and that's what i saw you know he you know and like i said good for him he got the win but it's pretty clear that he slows down in the later rounds it's pretty clear that he gets sloppy you know as the fight goes on you know he gets sloppy as the fight goes on if he can't put you away right in that first round well then he he'll start to slow you know he becomes more sloppy he begins loading up he he begins loading up with every shot he's not setting it up and being efficient with his energy you know that is uh, that's something that if I'm in Perez's camp, that's something that I'm looking at, you know, I'm going to, you know, because it's really clear the first round he is technical, he is smooth, he's sharp, but in the later rounds, he starts to get sloppy. He starts to get sloppy. He starts to slow. There's no pop in his punches. And that's something that, you know, Perez can exploit. Perez has the conditioning. He can go the distance. The question is, though, can Perez avoid getting hit? And if he gets hit, can he survive that onslaught? Because that's the reason why Figueroa gets away with what he does. You know, is because he has that great equalizer. He can be tired as shit. And he knows that his power will carry. You know, he... That, that's the thing he could be tired of shit and he knows that power will carry it's not going to affect him you know and that's what i mean physically he has an edge he's bigger he's longer he's stronger you know he hits hard you know he has these physical advantages in the flyweight division that other fighters don't having the size the strength the length and the ability to hit hard um all in one it it it's very hard for guys to deal with and because of that he's able to he's you know he had he's able to march opponents down and not really worry about the consequences of things as much because he has that that physical he has those he has those physical advantages um Perez could possibly just you know Perez could exploit it I mean Perez is good. The problem is, is he allows himself to get easily hit. You know, he doesn't have great head movement. The guy doesn't really move around. Um, he does have good striking. He's He's got a good calf kick. You know, he is improving with every fight. They're, you know, watching his fights. I did see improvement every time. I mean, 
if he can somehow take Figueroa into those later rounds and take, if he can just take away Figueroa's physicality, if he can eliminate that from the equation, it'll give him an advantage. He can, he can definitely win the fight, but that's only if he can do that. Um, you know, that, that's it. That's only if he can do that. I mean, it's just, but easier said than done. Uh, it's just, like I said, I, I, I just don't, it just irritates me that it will Figueroa win? Possibly. I mean, that's literally how this fight is set up for Figueroa to win. But the, the reality is, is Figueroa, you know, he's not the best technically, but he's the best physically. You know, the question is when he slows down in the later rounds and becomes more sloppy, is that due to mostly the weight cut or is that due, you know, to, you know, his mental capacity? Because most guys, when they get so caught up in finishing, you know, opponents right away, they get married to it. And then they start, you know, thinking, and then when somebody, and when they can't put somebody away, right away, they start having trouble. They start to, you know, become more desperate. They start loading up with everything instead of setting things up, you know, you know, instead of setting things up, you know, they become more sloppy. They become more wild because they want to get you out of there because they're tired of, you know, because they, they're trying to get you out of there and they can't understand why you won't go away. You know, and we've seen this numerous of times. That's the question. You know, how much is him, you know, how much of his performance is affected by the weight cut or the fact that he's married to his power um, or better yet to his physical advantages, as you would, as I would say, um, is it the mental or is it the physical? We'll see. Um, you know, so we'll see. I think he, you know, so it'll be interesting. I mean, if Perez could possibly win, I mean, if Perez, like I said, if Perez can get into those later rounds, he has an opportunity. He just can't let himself get hit the way Joseph Benavidez let himself get hit. He's got to mix it up. He's got to make it a fight. He's got to mix it up. He's got to make Figueroa work. You know, he's got to make Figueroa work and move his feet and move his body. He's got to, you know, he's got to make that weight cut. You know, he's got to make the after effects of the weight cut, you know, a factor. And he's got to make the, you know, his mental game, you know, the effect of of his mental his mental capacity be a factor so you know so yeah that that's the case that's how you know that's what he has to do but um all in all we'll see what happens you know we'll, we'll see what happens at ufc 255 um see you guys there